We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, I'm Eugene. And David. And we're We're Fusion Patrol! Patrol. Uh, Yeah, okay. Not, Not doing that again, no. Sorry. All right. Uh, good evening. Welcome. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking at Otherworld, that 1980s TV show we've talked about before. This time we're looking at episode two, The Zone Troopers Build Men. I'm going to start out with a very, very brief summary. They've found themselves in the world of Tarka a small town based on agriculture. They've created new identities for themselves, and they've settled in quite nicely. Except for Trace, who is going through teenage boy things. He likes girls, he likes sports, he doesn't like studying at school, and he's not doing well. He gets a D on his corn test, and corn is a required subject. And, as predicted, he gets a yellow notice. Turns out a yellow notice means you're drafted into the Zone Troopers for life. Oops, didn't see that one coming. He's hauled off to Triangula, the Zone Trooper boot camp, for 13 weeks of intensive training. And there is nothing his family can do to save him. He concocts a plan when he learns that the top three cadets can become officers, and only officers can resign from the Zone Troopers. He meets the Commandant, who is a one-armed, well, one-handed man, who has a mechanical hand that he lost battling for the Praetor. Trace impresses the Commandant first with his ability for rebellion, which he insists may get him killed, and later with his audacity and his prowess. At the end of the 13 weeks, Trace is elected to be in the officer corps, but his final graduation component is to kill a group of rebels. He doesn't kill them because, well, he's the hero, isn't he? And the family escape to go to another place and another world. Yeah, it's that kind of episode. <clears throat> so, uh, David, um, how much did you like this episode? Uh, it was partially enjoyable. I think after the setup of the first episode, it didn't really lead into where I expected it to go. But I do know from reading that production order and airing order are different, so I don't know how far into the series this was actually filmed. Good point. This has got a different kid playing Smith. Yes. And uh, I understand that the original Smith... So my understanding is that the pilot was actually two hours long, and then they cut it up into two pieces. And it sounds like... Well, it sounds like if it was if it was two hours long, it was it was two different stories. Yeah. And so they decided to cut into two one-hour stories instead of having a, a disjointed two-part pilot. They didn't show them two weeks in a row. Like and they didn't show them two weeks in a row. So we'll see new Smith for a while, and then eventually we'll come back to old Smith. And then, uh, frankly... If if you hadn't told me it was a different kid, I wouldn't have known because he's just as bad an actor. He, you know, he's the same kind of shaggy dog looking kid from the from the eighties. It's he's got the same haircut and it's that same one that the kid in um uh Battlestar Galactica boxy had yeah. and it's the same haircut that the little kid in I don't know, Waltons or Family Ties or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's sure, that yeah. same mushroom haircut that every kid had. Back then, except for you know Gary Coleman and different strokes, because it, it didn't work for and him. He probably only had like three lines in the whole episode, so not much personality or anything else. No, but but that's usually the way it is when they hire a, a kid in the show. 
I, I thought uh, I, I liked the moral of this story, if indeed there was a moral, that if you screw up in school, you deserve to get sent into the military for the rest of your miserable, stupid life. But that could just be my personal biases, uh, A, against being stupid in school, and B, against being um, stupid in school. Um, so uh, I, I enjoyed that part of it. I, 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 I was rooting for the zone troopers to bust this kid's ass. To put it mildly, he deserved everything he got, the little smart ass. <laughs> so I enjoyed that yeah, a part I of it. With that, but I do feel that in the context of the show, since they do seem, it seemed to be traced from what they were saying, he was there for a full semester. He, he, had, he had lockers warning him all the time. You think he would have learned what the yellow paper meant at some point during this whole time? I mean, what, I, mean I assume a semester is like our semesters, you know, yeah, five, no. four or five months, and it's like. You think he would have figured it out seeing other kids getting taken out of school for bad grades at some point? And, I don't know. Maybe you know, he was yeah. just the worst in school. He didn't like corn. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people were kind of like, what? You could get a yellow notice. And he's like, yeah, so what? A yellow <laughs> notice on corn? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, there was a whole lot of that. Everybody knows this, and you didn't bother to learn the rules. Yeah. Um, but uh, but live and learn. Bad grades yeah. send you off to but the at zone. The same time, as he did point out to his father, he, they could be leaving the next day. He doesn't know. He that's probably why he'd had the attitude. He didn't care. Yes. At, at one point, uh, you know, Dad gives him a a bit of a chastisement after evening debriefing at the dinner table, which is about the most useless evening debriefing at a dinner table ever. Uh, but um, he, you know, he chastises him for, you know, wherever you are, son, when you're in school, you do your best. And Trace pulls that number about, oh, well, my life's on hold, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And, which, you know, was a stupid attitude. So, I mean, uh, you know, stupid is as stupid does. And Trace Trace started this episode off quite a donkey's ass. Um, so, <laughs> And he gets hauled off into the troopers for but I, you know, I, I don't understand that attitude, and I don't understand teenagers. So I suppose that I, I don't know if that's an authentic uh, teenage attitude. It wasn't my attitude no. as a teenager, so um, um, I, I, I had trouble empathizing with him. As you can probably tell from my opinion, uh, I think he got what he deserved. And the only thing that I enjoyed, this is a pretty mundane episode. This is basically boot camp. Right? I mean, the whole episode yeah, is becomes man and goes to the boot camp. Do. And the only thing that's good about it is that Trace acknowledges the fact that he screwed up. Yeah, it, it was, was his, his fault. Yeah. It was his mistake, and he had to fix it. And to do that, he had to excel at being a zone trooper trainee, a zone trooper in training. That's a zit for you, folks. And uh, he he had to excel at that and work his way up through the so that he could get to be in the officer's corps, basically. So apparently there's no academy no. You just go straight from boot camp straight to being an officer, which probably explains a lot about the officers, too, in the zone troopers. But I appreciated the fact, and, and this was the, the gist of the story, was that as the dad narrates their way out, you know, I got to see my son become a man. And that is that we saw. Yes. And, you know, he went from irresponsible twerp to, to you know, not only did he... Not only did he excel at the zone trooper training, uh, achieve his goal, but at the same time in the end when he was required to go out and kill people, uh, which, you know, if he had done it, then he would have been clean and smooth and not had to have a problem. But he couldn't do that 
his compassion was was still there, and he helped the people escape, which um, probably should have meant a death sentence for him, but uh, but didn't. But that also led to his release, made it easier in in the long run. Yeah, I want to talk about that <laughs> part. I didn't understand that too much. Um, we of course we also have the absolute most cliche ever in any boot camp film, and that's Porkbag. His his friend who he meets on the first day, who's a big fat curly haired guy, and I and I I'm not picking on him for being fat, but I mean that is the point yeah. behind his he is overweight. They call him pork bags all the time. I think it's pork bags. Sounds right. Um and you know, he, he can't get his he can't do his push ups because he's fat and he can't get underneath the electric fence because he's fat and he can't do the calisthenics right because he's fat or the rope line and they're constantly telling him he's fat. And of course, as with all these shows, he finally reaches a point where he just can't take it. He's like lying on the floor, cowering in, you know, almost fetal position. And they come in and, and, uh, Basically, they send him to prison for the rest of his life, which is what yeah, they this do. This is somebody who actually volunteered to join yes. his own troopers. Yes, he volunteered, and he gets sent to prison for life because he doesn't do a good job at it. So, uh, <clears throat> washing out of his own troopers is not a good, no. not a good choice too. But maybe if you're in the middle, if maybe if you're in prison, maybe if you're in the top three, you can become a warden, yeah, and then know. perhaps you can resign. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange. It's hey, one thing we never noticed in the training, though, because it was mentioned by Porkbag, is like other people that were put into this, into the zone troopers, they were sexual deviants, pe- frontal lobotomy patients. Fr- yeah, what frontal, re- fun- what did he call them? Uh, TTs or something? something frontal like frontal lobotomies for sexual deviancy. Yeah, like- and, uh, and, and, and they make great zits. Yeah. And uh, according to Porkbag, Whose name I never quite get. I thought at times they called him Rex, and at other times they called him Hilbert, and yeah. uh, uh, so that's why I'm sticking with pork bags because that's a little more memorable. Um, and then there was the guy who quit his job without getting permission, and he got put yeah. in his own troopers for life. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't just wasn't just a yellow notice. No. Um, they they just the zone troopers need people. And of course, if you, you recall the premise of the show, the the different zones, well not the zones, but the different. What do they call them? Provinces? Or not provinces. provinces. Is it provinces? Yeah. The different provinces are separated by the, the zone. Only zone troopers can go into the zone. So these are the these are the guys that are the bullies. And of course, no story would be complete without turning out that our main villain, Kroll, uh, is there to give the graduation awards at the end of the uh, academy just in time to meet up with our hero in his secret identity. But of course... But of course, you you couldn't couldn't go without that one. Uh, throughout the entire episode, we have the commandant of the of Triangula, which is the I, I wouldn't call it an academy. Obviously, it's, I guess it's just the boot camp. Yes, um, is played by Mark Leonard, who many of you will know from his more famous roles in Planet of the Apes, um, the TV series, the TV series. That's right. Um, let's see what other what other things might science fiction fans know. Remember that Trek Mark. thing or something that was supposed to yeah, be popular? I think, yeah, 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 yeah. He was in. Uh, he was a Klingon in Star Trek: The Motion Picture at the very beginning of the episode, and um, something else too. It'll come to me later. Um, he he is the commandant. He's got this artificial hand which he lost uh, in the press, and it's a, a torch. And so he's given the the introductory speech to the academy, not the academy, the zits, and uh, he says, you know. 
Will one of you take my hand? Flames pouring out is a gesture of goodwill. And of course, Trey steps forward to grab the to grab it because he knows he's got to be an officer. He's got to be a number one guy. And the flame goes out. And so he gets his warning. You know, well, only one other guy has ever done that. And he did it not because he was loyal, but because he was rebellious. It's like, ooh, ooh. And, and, I, and, he, and I killed him. Said, and I sense that in you, too. So I, I, think, I thought Mark Leonard played this part fairly well, except for one thing. I don't understand him. Yeah, his character, yeah, didn't really Did make not make any sense. No. It's like he, he basically tells Trace, I've got my eye on you, I'm probably going to kill you. Then he, uh, later on, he catches Trace in a terrible crime of compassion. Because basically they've come to haul off pork bags and he stupidly, and to be fair, really stupidly, grabs the officer and says, no, leave him alone. It's like, yeah, you you blew basically blew your officer candidacy right there. And the commandant, you know, accuses him of compassion, which is an ultimate crime of weakness and sends him off to be killed by a incredibly hokey electronic warrior fighting machine robot. Which is basically a guy in a padded suit. Something like that, yeah. Some, uh, it's kind of almost a fencing suit with, I don't know, pads on it. It's hard to say. So, like, maybe I think they took the old triad outfits from Battlestar Galactica, put it over a bodysuit, kind of painted it down, stuck it over his face, and, um, and Trace is able to defeat the killer warrior robot and, you know, shows, pretty much shows his defiance, which the Commandant has this sort of look on his face. I don't know what it is though. Is it is it pride? Is it yeah, is he impressed? Hard to tell throughout the episode, it's really hard to tell what his what his situation is with him, and um, and then at the end of the episode, uh, well, towards the end of the episode, I, there's one scene I love. I, I th- that's the scene where he's in his office and he's asking for recommendation. The, Trace comes to the commandant, requests a meeting, goes to him and says, "I'd like your recommendation to join the officers corps." And again, you know, pretty. Pretty bold of you, cadet, or whatever he calls him, trooper in training, to come and ask. You haven't even taken your tests yet to be asked for it. And uh, and he says, well, I need your recommendation if I, if I do well on my tests. And he says, look at this cabinet. I have this cabinet full of hands. And he does. He has this glass yeah. cabinet filled with human hands. So each of these were taken from my enemies in battle. And you have to be able to kill people without compassion and, you know, thinking, looking a man in his eyes and kill him. And and the commandant says to him, said, what would you do if I was going to kill you right now? And without blinking an eye, he turns around and he says, I would start a collection of hands, and the first one would be golden. Because the mechanical hand is a golden hand, in case it's not obvious from my previous thing. And it's a great line. Yes, it is. It's a great line. But is that rebellion or is that, you know, and again... I can't read Mark Leonard. I mean, he might as well be playing a Vulcan. Oh, oh, that was it. That could he be. played a Vulcan. That's right. He played Spock's father in Star Trek. Yeah, I remember. Just totally not giving it a lot of, <laughs> um, not giving it a lot of emotion on this one. It's it's very hard to read the many moods of the Commandant. And um, I I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what how he came out of that. Was he impressed with his answer? Was he? annoyed did you just yeah, I mean, really... like, obviously there he was a killer you know or maimer or something like that because he does have the hands and we do see them but like we we're saying you know at the end of the episode and then he lets trace just go you know rips off his badges 
and he's almost like sympathetic for him and it's like oh or almost like or maybe he relates to him somehow i didn't i didn't get that like maybe he was more innocent and say like, wow you know what it's it's great to have a guy that's like this and has compassion i i don't get it i i did not get the ending at all but it, basically they they had to go up in these planes these vipers they called the vampires sorry vampires not vipers galactica Turns the V planes and uh, their little ultralights, which is kind of silly with with electronic weapons. The technology in other world is is weird, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But in these vampires, they trained them to fly these things, and and the three uh, officers, new officers, are sent to kill some rebels. And uh, the first two guys are bombing the rebels, and Trace basically doesn't bomb the rebels and pretends like he's going after people who are escaping it, and then he's like shouting at him, "Go away, go away!" You know, he doesn't kill him. And everybody gets really pissed, including the Commandant and Kroll and everybody watching. And the Commandant runs out to meet him at the at the field when he comes back. And he says, you know, you're a disgrace. He rips off his officer's badges. Um, and, he, he, you know, you don't, you don't stand for anything that we stand for. Why did you come back? Surely you must know I'm going to kill you. And Trace says... I came back because I'm not afraid to die. And the commandant, who is now pointing a gun at him, says, you're not afraid to die. Get out of my sight. I never want to see you again. Like a spurned <laughs> lover or something. And and leaves and lets him go. And I, don't, yeah, I do not understand it at all. It's a, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just I mean, didn't I get it. I feel there would be a follow-up afterwards with him. Even with Kroll questioning, but nothing. I mean, he didn't get punished for letting the guy go. Nothing. You know, it's like... Well, I think he'll probably be killed. I, mean, I think that's he'll go yeah. to prison or he'll be killed. Um, later, Kroll says, "You know, you know, where is the traitor?" And and the commandant says, "I let him go." And he was like, "Kroll's like you. <laughs> we will talk of this again." And I I just took that to mean, yeah. you know, your your career is over. Your Probably your life is over. But I never got the feeling that the Commandant was invested in Trace so much no. that he would give his life for Trace, which is clearly what he's done. Or or it seems clearly that what yeah. he's done to me. So I don't know about that. So what else have we got in this episode? How much? There's boot camp. Uh, just, we had the computers that the family went down into. Right. Okay. So the family has used that access crystal, which is, as we talked about last time, they got Kroll's access crystal a long time ago. And Kroll is such a high ranking. In fact, we, we learned that Kroll is one of the highest decorated officers. He's in the Hall of Heroes or something yeah, for his... But infiltration wars or... And so he's a famous warrior and decorated war hero. Most of the others are all sacrificed their lives. Yeah. And Kroll managed to somehow get out of it alive. And... um so they've got his crystal. Well, you know, that was a setup from the first episode. And according to, there's a little, like a little narration when they start the episode. It says, you know, we're here in, in Tarka now. And we've set, used the crystal to create a fake identity. So, you know, he's an engineer. Mom's a vet. The kids are in school. And, you know, it's, it's a quiet life in a small town. And everything's great and wonderful. We can just kind of poke around. But, again... It's like, why can't they track every time Kroll's crystal is used? Yeah, you would think so. Because later in the episode, when they're trying to 
And basically the family are useless in this episode. I mean, they're, they're, their parts are in there just to, like, I'm worried about Trace and, oh, you can't do that, Trace. And, oh, what are we going to do about Trace? We're proud of you, Trace. Yeah. yeah. Hurrah, hurrah. You're a stupid kid, Trace. <laughs> you need to get your grades up. I mean, you know, it's basically that. And they go to an information depot at night and they break in using the crystal. And the computer's like, well, welcome, Commander Kroll. How can I help you? And it doesn't have voice ident because the dad can just say, oh, well, I'm here on a secret mission and I need one of your computers. And, uh, oh, they're locked down. What can you do? Oh, okay, hold on. Click. Computer unlocks it for him. And he takes the computer. And the last thing he does is he walks out. And he says, no, I want you to forget that I was here completely. Okay, I'll forget you were here. <laughs> and they leave. Now, if it's that easy with an all-access pass. They then take the computer home, and they hook it up at home, and they're using it to read the instructions about being his own trooper. Yeah, how to get Trace out of there. And they're trying to find stuff, uh, how how to get him out of of the zone troopers. And Mom says, or Dad's reading it, and he says, well, there's nothing in here. There's no medical discharges, not even for deaths in family. I mean, there's nothing. There's no way out of the zone troopers. And Mom says, what about transferring him to a different camp? Which I'm not sure why that would. Yeah, why is that more important? Why is that? Why is that something she'd think was a good idea, right? Unless maybe they're thinking while transferring him, maybe they could spring him or something. I don't know. But um, so he starts typing in a search, transferring to a different camp, and it pops up. Oh, I need your crystal, and he puts the crystal in, and in the second it puts the crystal in, it starts going uh, doing a location fix for the permanent record to identify the utilization of the location. He was like, and he yanks the crystal out, and he's, oh, 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 they almost got us. Why for that? Yeah, that made no sense whatsoever. Obviously, the crystals can geolocate, and they obviously know it's Kroll because they keep saying it's Kroll. And I still wonder why they haven't revoked the crystal from their computer systems or, you know, put out a general or reduced its function. Very, very poor understanding of computers in in this show. But it is an alien land, too, in comparison to us. So, of course, they did have holograms. So They're more advanced yeah. than us. It's yeah, that's yeah, the thing. They've, they've got, like, they've got the holograms in classrooms where they put up the big mm-hmm. hologram of the corn uh, for, for the test and uh, the corn test. And, <laughs> and they also have the nucleonic delousing device where mm-hmm. when they, they go in, they're deloused by some sort of radiation device. Uh, they've got the the automatic butt sticker uh, injection device. Which, which doesn't seem to clean between person. Yeah, it's it's like a needle on the end of an arm that kind of comes up and goes down like... Drop your trousers and... Drop your trousers, bend over, and it sticks a needle in your butt, and then the next guy gets the same needle. It's... it's. I mean, maybe we didn't see that it, like, leaves the needle behind yeah, and it grows a new one or something, but... Um, again, it, it... The vans are ordinary earth vans, but then they're like got funny windows on them to make them look alien. Uh, and then I don't think they have planes. No, just, yeah. The, I mean, the, the little ultralights ultra are it, yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't think they have jet. And I guess it makes sense. If you can't fly over the zones, then they probably wouldn't allow them. No. So that that could be why. You can't travel between zones. Nobody can. Um, so maybe that almost makes sense. But it's just, we we've been told that part of the, Part of the idea behind this show was to do Lost in Space without having to go to alien worlds and create whole new technologies and sets and stuff. And so they've done a really good job of just basically redressing modern stuff. Yeah. 
except for the except for the injection thing, which <laughs> I think was a vacuum tube and a little plywood arm, like something like that. But it was um, it was a light episode. It's about the best I can say. Yeah. It's like. I mean, it was more. Fo- I mean, it was focused on the son. It was focused on Trace. I'm sure a future episode will be focused on the daughter. You know, we'll 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 go through all the family members. I'm sure, and I'm concerned that they have not done. They've not grown. In other words, what I liked is that the boy grew. Yes. But I'm willing to bet that in the next episode, he probably will have undone his zone trooper. Yeah. Training. Um, He'll be back in school in the new province and just have the same attitude. Might not be as bad, but I mean, let's face it, he's been trained in their military now to the point where they would make him an officer. He should be a lot more effective at fighting the bad guys, understanding how the bad guys work, you know, infiltrating the bad yeah. guys. I mean, he's... Yeah, I mean, he might have learned a computer system, so who knows what the zone troopers actually know. You know, he might have learned all the secret passages, how to get out of town, where to go, how to get to the provinces. I mean, if that's all stuff that zone troopers are allowed to do. You just, we don't know. I mean, it was a 13, 13 weeks he was there. He was, yeah, 13 weeks. What I don't like is the, the officer thing. I mean, okay, 13 weeks you go through boot camp, and at the end of boot camp, you're either an officer or you're a grunt for life. A follower, yeah. And say what you will about the military, no matter what your attitude may be, usually the officers have a better education than you don't just yeah. weed the grunts out and say, <laughs> officer, not officer. You say, officer material, and then send them off yeah, for training. Yeah. actual useful, rather than just make them officers and say, okay, well, you're, you know, you're a boss now, which he can now resign, which, you know, yeah, okay, fine. But usually after you've invested all that extra training for an officer, which they haven't here, you know, you want to get your investment back. You know, yeah, you can resign after 10 years or... Something doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know it gives them the MacGuffin. It, yeah. It's not, um, it's not a great episode no. of a TV show. I mean, if they don't do better than this, I'm anticipating this show is going to be canceled in just a few in a few weeks. That'd be my guess. Um, One thing I did like the fact is is that there was a, it was a passage of time. I may not have necessarily felt it with the way you know the directing and the filming, but <laughs> I mean it was stated that they were in, he was in school for a semester. Then he had another full 13 weeks of training. And we started from when he went into training to when he graduated. And I, I mean, that's, what, nine months of the year right there. Yeah, it could be. I mean, we we, we don't know how far into the semester he was no, at but, school. But, you know, but even with the 13 weeks on top of that. And he'd already had, t- he had 10 warnings before he got the yellow paper. Who knows how often the warnings come. That could be every couple of weeks. So, Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, they, they're in the town, and, oh, two days later or one day later we get out like a lot of shows do. I mean, there was... It was a passage of time. Yeah, their life. And you have to wonder, what I mean, what is their goal? Yeah. I mean, I know they're trying to get the EMAR. Yeah, so why... why so, yeah, they wanted a break, and they wanted some boredom, just relaxing. But what what is relaxing? Is that two weeks, or do you need a year to do this? I mean, how many or do you just Or do you just EMAR? settle? Yeah. I mean, do you just settle? I mean, what is the... I don't... I don't mean to dismiss the desire to get home and back to your friends and and uh, but but there are circumstances in people's lives where they're uprooted and sent to yeah. another another place for whatever reason job or or practicality or whatever reason and you just start your life over again and it looked like 
Dad got a job as an engineer. Mom got a job as a dental technician. Yeah. The kids are in school, and they got completely new identities. You'd, it kind of almost sounds like maybe we're done here. Yeah, exactly. Um, at some point, you just kind of say, well, you know, this is this is life, and uh, it's better than being on the run. And uh, I don't know, unless they're just worried that Kroll would catch him suddenly. And then yeah. how, how would that? I think that was a, uh, we made fun of the debriefing. Uh, earlier, every night at dinner, apparently they have a daily debrief. And that's basically dad saying, did you see anything today? No. Did you see anything today? No. Did you see anything today? No. What about you, Trace? Did you see anything today? <laughs> no. Like, I'm thinking, I could be totally wrong, but I'm thinking that if I saw something, that would be like the first thing I said when I came home. Hey, dad, I saw something today. Not wait for dinner and then everybody like do I and like I don't want to do this thing all this debriefing. So boring. So yeah, I know it took part came up. Yeah, it took it took all of a minute to go through everybody and go yeah no nothing and yet and that it took more time for the daughter and the the little boy to complain about the debriefing and the fact that the world they're in is boring than they did the actual debriefing, which was yeah. Um, does the show insult your intelligence? Uh, not really. I'm, I don't, I don't think it does. It's not a great story, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite feel like they were. No. Funny. Um, and the other thing I thought was interesting, which comes to mind is one, there's a, there's an awful lot of, uh, there's an awful lot of, well, we got to pray and, and God stuff in the episode. So the family is really kind of playing off that angle. I noticed that, and, and this is the, one of the episodes I understand that they got in trouble with, with the censors on CBS, because, was CBS, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, in it, they talk about the Church of the Artificial Intelligence. Yes. Which is apparently the one true religion of Otherworld, uh, because they talk about how uh, one of those uh, illustrious heroes sacrificed his life so that the people in the province could worship at the Church of Artificial Intelligence, and it basically says, you know, worship the one true God or whatever it is, something to that effect. And it's it's a throwaway line, and it's it, it really is a throwaway line. Uh, and and talking about the Church of the Artificial Intelligence is a throwaway line. I mean, we've talked about it more than they did in the show, but apparently the censors did not like it at all, which I thought was very interesting. That that's really is a throwback. I I would have thought that was a throwback to the fifties, not the eighties. <laughs> So I guess that just shows us how far uh, we've come, or, or not, as the case may be. Well, you know, come to think of it, it was the 80s. That was Ronald Reagan and the whole moral majority nonsense. And uh, so maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe they were being a little extra cautious, uh, perhaps overly cautious. Yeah, seven, I mean, 70s TV was still, I think, a little... Was- allowing you to do a little more stuff on tv and then the 80s kind of when the pc police came in and everything else started getting sanitized it could be so, so they had I mean they had to be really really careful on everything they did i mean can you imagine if 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 they had trouble with a line of you know defending the church of the artificial yeah, intelligence on a science fiction, planet, on a science on fiction show <laughs> on another planet can you imagine how much trouble they would have had tr- with all the lords of cobalt stuff from yeah, Battlestar yeah. galactica i mean i know it's mormonism <clears throat> but uh you know I, yeah, I mean that was that was relatively heavy yeah. on religion in a, in a way. I mean they were quite quite religious 
in their practices and the, the Lords of Cobol and the aliens, which were angels and Count Ebly was yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, and that was far more, I don't know, blasphemous, <laughs> whatever word you want to use for it. But it was certainly, and this was just like trivial yeah. comment. And, say, yeah, one passing sentence, you wouldn't even notice it for the most part. Yeah, I, I, I unbelievable. At least they got to keep it in. Yeah. I, you know, I guess they got to fight it for it. Um, what else have we got on this exciting episode of Otherworld? Um, I am guying it. I've I've got no other notes notes on it. I mean, that's really all the that's uh, really all the stuff that um there was to talk about because it is like I say, it is a boot camp episode, yeah. and you know how boot camp shows are. It's like if you took the movie um what was it Stripes Stripes, yeah. and you cut out the boot camp part, the film would be about twenty minutes long. You know, just the training and running around and doing this, yeah. that, and the other. There's it's not a whole lot yeah, to I mean, it. Yeah, it's a typical soldier story. You know, just, oh, here's the running, here's the push-up, so here's the failure, here's the climbing under the barbed wire type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Except in other world, everything's electrified. <laughs> Excellent. Kind of like a Tough mutter competition yeah. for him. Well, in that case, I think we are done with Otherworld Episode 2, The Zone Troopers Build Men, which is... An interesting title. Um, we'll be back with another episode of Otherworld in the near future. David will be joining me for that. Yes, I will. And uh, thank you for joining me tonight. Not a problem. And we hope you'll all join us again next time on Fusion Patrol. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Leave us a review on iTunes. Or stop by and visit at our website, FusionPatrol.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Search for Fusion Patrol. Or just drop us a note at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. <laughs>